It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling Work Problems. This will actually be a close to normal size edition of Wrestling With Problems. I am King David Lane. That's at King David Lane on Twitter and King David Lane on most major social media platforms. Also, follow King David Comedy. That's coming with a K on most major social media platforms. As I mentioned last week in the Express edition, really a 10-minute edition that I did last week because I've been busy doing renovations at my home and doing some decluttering and some organizing, getting my house and my studio in an order. Uh, beginning things together. Um, finally got most of it done. Still got to update my uh, security slash surveillance system from my house a little bit. But other than that, got rid of most of the clutter. Feeling good about it. So now that I get my personal business out of the way, you know why I've been, you know, <laughs> why I had to slack off just a little bit last week. Let's get into some wrestling talk. Got a lot going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, two big events coming up over the next few days. If you're listening live, obviously it's Monday, so uh, you know you got uh, Winter is Coming. It's Wednesday. You got NXT Takeover War Games. That's my favorite NXT event of the year, by the way. War Games. You know, War Games is one of those things that I was always missed when it didn't exist, and then MLW, I believe, is the one that brought it back, and then. <laughs> WWE said, hey, we should do that, and then they did it, and then they spelled it slightly different, and eventually they just bought the rights to it, but <laughs> glad to see it back. It's, it's one of those great traditional annual events that was the throwback for guys my age who got to watch the NWA back when they had the territory system. Usually, we're going to get the four horsemen and somebody battling four horsemen, and you had a. After a while, you were able to predict what was going to happen because JJ Dillon's about to take this whooping and about to submit. So, <laughs> but it was hilarious. <laughs> there was always somebody in the match who it seemed like who didn't belong. Often it was JJ Dillon, and he was going to take that beating. Amazing for such a dominant stable, the Four Horsemen had a terrible record in war games. By the way, if you want to look it up, they were always getting mainly due to the fact that JJ Dillon and somebody else losing, but still. But anyway, uh, back to some modern wrestling. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, it looks like I might have a call this week, so let me go ahead and see if he's at the liquor store right now. 
Brian, how's it going? It's going good, King. How's it going? Going pretty good. Are you at home? Uh, not yet. The sound quality is pretty good, so I'm going to leave you on for now. If I do hear some sound issues, I will put you off and then just uh, send me a message when you get back. If I do, I have to put you on hold. So I'll let you know if I put you on hold. But uh, otherwise, we're just going to go ahead and ride it out because we got a lot to discuss this week. So I'm glad I didn't make any of my predictions for anything just yet. We're going to hold off to the end to make our predictions for winter is coming as well as uh, NXT War Games Takeover. Uh, luckily, I haven't talked about much, so you didn't really miss anything just yet. But anyway, got some really, really sad news I'm going to open up the show with. Uh, are you ready for this, man? Yeah. Uh, you familiar with Jimmy Rave? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Rave has been forced to retire. He had to have his left arm amputated due to an infection. Uh, he was... He was a Ring of Honor wrestler as well as I believe he had a run in uh, TNA as well. I believe I believe that was him in the Rock and Rave Affection, correct? As as well, if, if I meant, if I stand correct, if I remember correctly, right? Can you hear me, Brian? Are you there? Pierce Brian may have dropped off. Up, oh, yep, Brian dropped off, but uh, we'll put we'll get back to him a bit. But anyway, yeah, unfortunately, he had some issue with his arm. It took a it took a turn for the worse. By the time he finally went to the doctor, it was too late. Uh, so if you do have some problems, uh, try to get them checked out early. I learned that the hard way myself, you know, early this year. Luckily, I didn't have to have. Well, I, did, I guess technically they did cut part of me out, but I didn't have to have a limb amputated. They did take out a part of my colon. Uh, I've been dealing with some issues for the last, you know, five six years. Nothing that, like, you know, it would just get painful for a while, then go away, be painful for a while, then go away. And then finally, they just, you know, finally ended up in the hospital a couple times this year. So, uh, yeah, don't wait to the last minute. If you got issues, if you can, at least if you can afford to, especially, you know, I've had health insurance for years, but just years of not going to the doctor, just I kind of stayed in that habit. So, you know, if you got health insurance, definitely go. If you're not sure, at least consult somebody doesn't hurt, you know, hurts, consult somebody in the medical field. You you probably have a family member or a nurse or a doctor or somebody in your family who at least give you some early advice about it, you know, but don't wait to the absolute last minute because sometimes, like you say, like, he, he, he kept his life, but he's no longer able to do one of the things he loves and probably a lot of the other things he loves, or at least not as effectively because it's kind of rough to do some certain things with one arm and some things you can't do with, with at all with one arm, so... But I hope he, I wish him a speedy recovery. I hope he's able to hopefully maybe get a decent prosthetic so he can maybe do some other things and not have too much loss of a lot of the things he enjoys in life. But we're definitely uh, sending out our thoughts to him, and we hope he's able to make a speedy recovery. And, you know, like I said, hopefully there won't be any any further complications because that, that is definitely a rough thing to, to be dealing with. Anyway, it does look like Brian's back, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, see if Brian can join us again. Uh, Brian uh, made the announcement. Well, I don't know if you were able to hear it, but Jimmy Rave was forced to uh, retire due to an amputation of his left arm. Uh, you got any thoughts on that, man? Uh, well, um, all I can say is um, it's um, an unfortunate thing, but um, in reference, some of those things wind up um, happening. But we do all uh, wish him a speedy recovery and um, 
Good luck on these. I appreciate the depth. Yep. And like I said, he, he did tweet out if you want to see his message. He tweeted at the Jimmy Rave. That's at the Jimmy Rave. Uh, this is the hardest trade I had to put out. He he, he did a show law statement. I'm gonna re, I'm not gonna read the whole statement, but you can just go to his Twitter. It was uh, released on November 28th, 8:56. Uh, he released a tweet, so looks like it's timeline. Obviously, depending on what time uh, time zone you're in, it might be 7:56, it might be 9:56. But just generally for the evening of the 28th, and you can get the news. At any rate, uh, before we go on, uh, Brian, how was your Thanksgiving, man? I said again. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I pretty much uh, stayed in. Um, I practiced um, social distancing, but I did um, do some um, drop-offs um, as, as far as, like, desserts, man. But that was pretty much the extent of my week. Like I said, got to remember this year we got to lower our expectations for what we expect. If you're able to see at least a few family members, you know whether it be virtually or whatever, as long as nobody gets sick, chalk it up as a win. And like I said, basically I I didn't have a quote Thanksgiving dinner. I did have some um, very wonderful turkey sloppy joes that uh, one friend that I hang out with uh, made for me. Uh, we did do a turkey bowl rugby version of it. We played touch. Luckily, rugby you can socially distance a good amount because basically you're like you're almost always you, your best bet is not to let anybody touch you anyway. So it works out pretty pretty well. <laughs> so I had that for the morning. That was my entertainment. Other than that, I avoided people for the entirety of the rest of the weekend. Other than the one person I've pretty much been hanging out with this whole year. Uh, but anyway. Uh, that was my Thanksgiving. Luckily, I took my vacation. Oh, yeah, on the bright side, you know, you know like I said, we have to manage our expectations with good news and bad news. Uh, I didn't get to take any vacation this year until this past uh, week because, unfortunately, I had to use all my vacation days for hospital stays and things related to recovery of that. So I get 15 days a year. I took 13 of them in the hospital. I did finally sandwich my four-day Thanksgiving break the Wednesday before and the Monday after with actual two vacation days have spent a good deal of my vacation cleaning up decluttering my house, but still, you know, overall, I would much rather be doing that than either waiting test results or be in the hospital. So, <laughs> so like I said, small victory sometimes. Anyway, let's get back to the world of pro wrestling. Uh, we also do have another superstar dealing with some um, health issues. Uh, so we went that out, sent out our thoughts to uh, WWE producer and, uh, Former multiple tag team champion Devon Dudley, he's dealing with some health issues. Uh, he did issue it on his Table Talk podcast that he has some issues. He says he's hanging in there. I've had some health issues, but I'm hanging in there. I miss you guys. Hopefully, I'll be back soon. Can't see what the doctors say, but it's been a little rough. But I've been hanging in there doing what I can. So uh, we also wish him a very, very you know speedy recovery. So any thoughts on that, man? It looks like Dry- Brian may have dropped Oh, let's try this again. Okay, Brian. Brian dropped off again, apparently, but he is back now. Uh, any thoughts on Devon Dudley's health issues? Uh, all I can say is that um, this is um, a trying time for everyone, and he's uh, one of um, the few wrestlers that I could obviously say that 
made tag team wrestling what it is and, and brought it to um, a different level. And we all pushing for him. Um, we praying for him, and hopefully he have a speedy recovery. Absolutely. Uh, sliding on to some a little bit more positive news, because like I said, we've been dealing with some health stuff here so far. Let's, let's deal with something a little bit more positive. Apparently, NXT is looking to expand its weekly programming. From uh, So it looks like they'll be getting another show, hopefully. Uh, according to Wrestler Observer and SCScoops.com, Triple H is going through the budget and trying to find a way to expand NXT programming with some type of show. The idea is to get more ring time and exposure for the stack NXT roster. There is nowhere for the company could be considered a second show or just expanding this show or maybe they'll do a show just for the network or something but uh, there's no details yet which I, I think I know what this means you know what this means Brian this means we're going to be Boy. getting NXT Dark on YouTube oh, oh god <laughs> you're not excited about that you're not excited about that <laughs> uh, I, I'll, say, I'll say it like this um, I'm not excited um I just hope it don't do what WCW had, um, had did. Um, oh, okay, now, Nitro wasn't bad. For a while, it was pretty good. Then WCW Thunder was um, okay, but not as good as um, Nitro. But then they had... Uh, the C show, which was uh, I want to say main event, I think. No, something the, like that. The C show, by the time they got to Thunder, the C show would, would have been Saturday night, which was the A show before Nitro, then it became the B show after Nitro, right. then it became the C show after Thunder. See, the one thing I like about um, MLW it just focused on the one show in that one product, and that's it. No, I mean, Ring that, of that Honor. Is, yeah, I was going to say, that Same is thing. the nice, nice part about MLW. You just got that one hour to focus on. MLW, when they do their show, you feel like, man, I want some more of that. Man, I want some more of that. Man, I want some more of that. So that's an advantage to them, you know. Sometimes less is more. Like like, like you said, like uh, AEW... Whenever Dynamite goes out there, I kind of wish I had some more. Now, AEW Dark is kind of weird, though. I think AEW Dark is an interesting program in the fact that one week it might be 30 minutes long. The next week it might be three hours long. It might be anywhere in between that. Now, part of that was, you know, they had had some restrictions earlier with the COVID situation and testing and whatnot. Right, right, right. But still, you know, I think. For a, for Dark to be AEW's quote B show, it works out perfectly. They don't say we're gonna have an hour this week. They don't say we're gonna have two hours a week. They just tape what they tape, and then that's what it is. That way, they don't have to quote feel time. If the show's got to be two right. hours every week, you don't have to squeeze them in. If you got something, we show it. If we ain't got nothing this week, we don't show it. So it's perfect. That's the one advantage to AEW's B show not having a set time limit as far as how long it is. Right. They, they, it keeps the quality up. It does a good job because in, quote, AEW record, win loss, win and losses matter. So you get a lot of uh, those sort of, not quite squash matches, but, you know, you get superstars versus jobbers and superstars versus jobbers versus stars. So that way if you lose on Dynamite, they help, you know, puff your record up just a little bit. So when you when you see your record, your record's not, you know, 
five and fifteen. At least, at least most of the stars are like you know above five hundred or at least close to it. You know, so right. That is one of the smart things that AEW has done with their programming as well by having a B show, but putting it directly on YouTube. <laughs> right, which uh, I, I believe it, it makes sense, and they have, like I said, more control. Exactly. Oh, yeah, and like I said, you don't have to worry about the network's commercials and stuff. So, yeah, you do, you did actually raise another good point with that, too. So, Only NXT, if they do have a second show, I think, like I said, putting it directly to the network would be a good, you know, way to do it. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some other news in the world of wrestling. Uh, this is something that I wanted to – I mentioned last week because I didn't have time to talk about it since uh, I came in so, so late to the show last week at the end, but – a lot of opened up about dealing with some mental health issues and struggles this year. Obviously, you know, this year has been kind of rough for a lot of people, both physically and mentally. Physically, you know, if you if you get COVID, that's a huge problem for a lot of people. Uh, mentally, the social distancing and not being able to see your loved ones, not being able to see your friends in person has, you know, been rough on a lot of people. And she mentioned that, you know, uh, She's not only had, obviously, the impact of COVID and, like I said, all the things I just mentioned. Her husband, Rusev, now known as Miro, was released by WWE. She went from being on the road, you know, 300 days a year to basically not being able to go anywhere. She had been traveling with her husband the whole time. Now they can't, you know, spend as much time together because they're in completely different companies. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, rough stuff she's going to. Uh, she did mention, like, uh, this and this is a quote from her. I remember texting my parents and being like, please, please play for me. My mental health is doing really bad. I'm really depressed. I just can't take it anymore. I'm just, I'm so sad. Like, I don't want to do anything. She said, uh, she questioned everything because people would tell her mean stuff, like including kill herself and more. And that, that's something I don't get. Like, so even, well, I generally like Lana. She's not my favorite star, but she's definitely you know, provided some entertainment over the years. Even if you just sort of quote hate what somebody does, why would somebody in a re- as a wrestler or somebody entertainment? Why would you tell them to kill themselves? I don't that that part I don't get. Like I said, somebody that's literally done nothing to you, somebody who you just can either fast forward through their, you know, entertainment right. that you don't care for, or you can just you know go do something else while they're on if you're watching it live, or you just like I said, you just tune out the segment. I don't understand, you know. I, 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 I believe this, though. Some people just be doing too goddamn much. Some people take stuff too goddamn far. Not not too far. Too goddamn far. That is one of those situations. Like, like you said, hell. Do you know the beautiful thing about um, wrestling? You have options. And one of those options are not to watch if you don't particularly like the individual. That's an option. It's not a bad option. It's not a good option. It's just an option. If if, if it's that bad, don't watch. Exactly. Like I said, don't don't watch. Go do something else. If you want to watch the show, go do something else. But there's there's all sorts of ways to sort of move on with your life rather than telling somebody who hasn't harmed you in any way to kill themselves. See, that's just a miserable piece of crap. You know what I mean? It's, I, I I never saw 
nor understood why a person would tell another human being, um, okay, um, to kill themselves in a um, serious um, manner. Now, I will admit, I did hear that from people in a joking fashion. You know what I mean? Ha, 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 man, you, you funny as hell, go kill yourself. I didn't quite get it, but it was in a joking um humorous type of way. It, it was no malice behind it, so I really paid no mind. And since the other guy was laughing, I guess he didn't pay it no mind. So I, I went about my life, but nah, some, sometimes some people, some, some individuals be doing too much. Yep, I was almost tempted to make a joke there, but I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be better than that. So I'm not going to make the joke that, I, that I'm tempted to make for that because it, it's wrong and it would be like <laughs> insulting in the same way that I said don't be insulting. So anyway, uh, like I said, look, take it take it easy on people, especially people that aren't bothering you. <laughs> like I said, somebody's just going about touring their life. You know, let them do that. You know, <laughs> you, it, it takes a lot of work to hunt somebody down on social media and then, you know, harass them in that way. Don't do that. Be better than that. So Let's move on to some, some uh, since we did bring up MLW earlier uh, earlier in the show, uh, the Opera Cup brackets were revealed a couple weeks ago, and the Opera Cup is taking place. They actually had the first matches uh, this past Wednesday because, uh, they had the restart with MLW. Uh, MLW's restart started uh, a couple weeks ago. What, three, so, uh, three, uh, about three some weeks ago? Yeah, so uh, they did announce the brackets for the Opera Cup back on the 18th. Uh, here with the brackets, you got Tom Lawler versus Rocky Romero. That match is already taking place, though. Uh, you did have Tom Lawler defeat Rocky Romero. Uh, you had Richard Holiday versus TJP. That match is also taking place already. Uh, Richard Holiday did pull off a victory. Uh, coming up this week, you got Laredo Kid versus ACH, uh, and then you got Lowkey versus uh, Lowkey versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. So uh, this is a nice, strong lineup right here for uh, for a tournament. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, checking out some more of this action this coming Wednesday. Definitely, if you like, like I said, MLW is my second favorite company in wrestling right now. Like I said, after AEW. Uh, so I, I definitely look forward to checking them out. MLW is one of the few shows that I actually do try to watch uh, and actually pay attention to it most of the show. If I get, if I have a, if I have you know enough time, like I said, AEW Dynamite is literally the only show where I try to watch literally every minute of this show without hesitation. MLW is probably the next closest thing. I don't get to watch every minute of MLW, even though it's only an hour every week. But uh, I do make try to make, especially make sure to watch the main event. And when I get a chance, depending on how much free time I have that week, I will try to watch the whole thing if I can. So, uh, anyway, I'm glad it's back. You, ha- you got a variety of rockers to watch MLW. You can watch it on Fubo, uh, or you can watch it on uh, YouTube when it debuts. So you have various options. So definitely check it out if you do have a chance to do so. so. Next. We got, uh, it's time to make some predictions. You ready to make your predictions, man? Uh, well, um, just, um, I'll, I'll say this. I, like yourself, a big fan of MLW. 
um, big fan of. Um, I'm I'm curious though. Um, did you hear about the um, um, Team Filthy in New Japan? Oh no! What happened? Uh, um, um, actually, um, they um, okay. Um, Team Filthy are actually wrestling over in New Japan, and they actually um, um, have put on um some pretty good matches. And if you um, if you or the um wrestling um audience that's listening now, get a chance look um and tune into New Japan Pro. Check out um, what was we going on with um, Team Filthy over New Japan. It's actually some pretty good action that's going on over in, over um, across seas. So, as I always say, support New Japan, support indie wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely. You are very, very correct with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and by the way, just uh, a reminder, here are the various ways you can watch MLW because it's not as easy as, like, uh, a AEW or uh, or WWE programming, but you can watch uh, MLW on the Zone. That's D A Z E N. That's the streaming service. Anytime, anywhere. You can watch on Fubo Sports Network Wednesdays 7 and 10 p.m. Eastern. You can watch on YouTube starting uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, and you can watch um, in Canada. And the USA on BN Sports if you have those Saturday at 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, also, I guess it's uh, BN Sports. I think this is the Spanish version because I see it in with the with the tilde over it, but it says USA and Canada uh, Monday at midnight Eastern. So check it out. It is available in apparently 20 over 20 countries. So definitely listen to it if you have a chance. I'm sure, I'm sure most of our Viewers are in America, though. So, I mean, most of our listeners, rather, are in America. So, anyway, those are those are main I'm checking out. Anyway, let's go ahead and, uh, and oh yeah, I guess I guess we can. I, I was gonna move on to make our predictions for uh, winners coming. You want to make a prediction for the Opera Cup? Uh, I actually, I actually believe that uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. is gonna uh, repeat as champion. Actually, I think that's going to be an upset. I, I knew he would probably win it last year because you got to hear the sitter. It was his uh, granddad's trophy. <laughs> he technically right. owns the trophy. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to believe that he wasn't going to win it. The that first was kind of predictable. Yeah, the uh, first I year. Just didn't, I, I, I just didn't I, expect Peelman to be in the final. Yeah. But if you think about it, another, another dungeon person, so that makes you know complete perfect sense for it. I think there's going to be J.B. Boy Smith in the finals again, but I think there's going to be an upset. So I'm I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go with uh, predict Filthy Tom Lawler actually pulls off the upset and, and wins it this year. So now technically, you know, I only have to pick him winning because uh, there was already he's already won the first round. So technically, I guess he just has to beat a couple more people to do it. But still, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tom Ball and say he pulls off the upset. He's up. He is up with some help of the rest of his team. Filthy pulls off the victory over Davy Boy Smith Jr. So that's assuming the other one because I don't know how exactly these brackets are working if they would meet in the in the finals if that's how the brackets are going because the brackets are up on the poster I see but I'm not sure who faces who in the next round yet. So uh, but anyway, assuming it as possible, I'm going to go that direction. Anyway, regardless, I'm still picking Tom Lawler to win. Anyway, 
let's move on to uh, winter is coming AEW special. This is a special just a dynamite coming up uh, this Wednesday night. Uh, first, we'll start with uh, let's go with the tag team match. Uh, I don't have a particular order for the card, unlike you know since, since usually we just go, go about what Wikipedia has the match order listed as, and we figure which match is going to be in the main event because usually for some reason they put the main event match first, so we usually just read from the bottom to the top or how we do it. Anyway, uh, there's no particular order in this card, so I'm just going to make the predictions. I'm assuming the main event's going to be the World Championship match. We're going to work our way back from there. We got a Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starts because Powerhouse Hobbs just joined uh, Team Taz not too long ago. They're going to be taking on Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes, so for this particular tag team match, who you got? Actually, I got um, Team Taz to win on this one. Okay, I do too. I, I think they're going to do this to make Powerhouse Hobbs look strong. Because, you know, Darby right. Allen and Cody Rose, Darby is a champion, so he's already strong. Cody Rose is a multiple-time champion and big star anyway, so he's a, he already looks strong. Uh, Ricky Starks is, you know, a budding star. Uh, they don't necessarily, they've been doing good stuff for him already, but Powerhouse, out of the four guys in his match, he's the guy that probably most needs that little extra bump just a little bit, you know, to help put him to the level of the rest of the team has to move him up. So I think they're going to do something to make him look good and and have him uh, pull off the pin. And uh, maybe, that, maybe that'll lead to like a, you know, a title shot versus Darby Allen for him later on, or something like that. Or maybe a singles match versus Cody later on. So uh, anyway, I'm I'm I'm, I'm predicting that uh, Team Task pulls it off as well. Well, at, um, oh, okay. Try this one though. Um, okay. Now I can see it working like this. Okay, you okay? You want to uh, build um, him that strong and everything. Okay, okay, you have him um met okay, you have him um take out Cody. Um he okay, he pins um okay, he pins Darby Allen. And then um Taz all hyping it up like okay, Powerhouse Hobbs is so damn good. You know what I mean? The only man who who's good enough to be his partner would be the FTW champion and they got the Young Bucks. I mean, take their title and then they just want Rough shot through the um, tag team division because who's bigger, who, who's big enough to face both of them? I'm glad you pointed it out because that 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 is something that I definitely saw happening myself too. I've been thinking about that as soon as he joined T Taz. I was like, um, I don't know why he's tagging with Ricky Starks in this match. I figured if you put Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs together as a team, like, and like you said, especially since the Young Bucks did finally get the. Uh, the tag belts. Yeah, right. That would, like I said, that that that's like the perfect big man versus you know athletic flyer match that you could have. So I'm definitely feeling that, and I've been thinking about that as soon as he joined Team Taz. I didn't necessarily think about the fact that the Young Bucks have the belts, but I did think about them going after the belts though. It's like a dominant team. Like I said, it makes so much more sense to put. You know him with Brian Cage, and it does Ricky Starks as far as team. And then, like I said, Ricky Starks can continue his feud with Darby Allen. So I think, like I said, I, I like, I like, I like, I like what you're doing there. Because, like I said, I, I had been thinking the same thing. I just even, I didn't even think about the Young Bucks part. I just been thinking about them as a team, though. So excellent job by you in, as far as the AEW's not real booking committee, <laughs> booking committee. Yeah. Um... And uh, and the best way I can see them getting um they they um the um title match 
uh, we'll, okay, we'll be they they go through these teams. Okay, at some point they gotta go through SCU, they gotta go through um, Best Friend, and I could uh, easily see them going through um, the the Natural Nightmares. Yep, yep. Like I said, I I can just just imagine like I say they those they them just running rough shot over everybody until they finally get to the Bucks. So. Definitely, I, I'm I'm definitely like like the long term plan and the thought you put in it, because like I said, that, that that's something very very similar to what I saw in like and like I said, I, I think that could be like like I said, there's not they don't really come they don't really have a team like that in AEW right now. They got a lot of exactly. athletic teams. They got like you know these both young and veteran athletic teams, flying teams like the Bucks. You got the uh, top flight. You got a uh, you got like old school traditional technicians like you know FTR, but you don't have a you don't have a road warrior type you know team. You don't have that sort of a dominance just yet, and they will provide that. So. That's another thing. Uh, All about so- the variety in wrestling. Like I said. You, you, it's it's cool to have small guys and flying guys and technical guys and cheating guys, but you want to have a powerhouse, some powerhouse guys too. And like I said, they don't they do not have a powerhouse team. They they really never had. Now that I think about it, in AEW, so this would be like a first now, amendment. Now, if you want a um, a team that will actually be able to challenge for them, and this will be, um, as I like to say, a um, um, a di- um, okay, um, an enemy of my enemy is my friend would be um, actually Mr. Brody Lee, and he um, team up with uh, the Murder Hawk Monster to um, take on Team Taz to get the um, tag team titles at um, they um, uh, big um, event um, which uh, will probably be um, all in. Yep, like I said, that's definitely a good way to do it. Anyway, let, let's move on and make some other predictions real, real quick, because we got like uh, four more matches here. Plus, we got to get through the uh, card for right, the right. War Games card. So let's move on. Actually, I was kind of surprised this match is taking place on the card. You got Dr. Britt Breaker. Obviously, it makes sense that she's on the card. She's taking on Layla Hurst. Layla Hurst, she's a very, very talented individual. She actually, is, you know, has legit like wrestling background as far as a woman because you don't really have a lot of that in the world of wrestling women who have legit wrestling chops as far as you know they've had some MMA people come in but actually just quote wrestling not a lot of that but she's been doing a lot of stuff on dark but she hasn't been on uh, dynamite that much but this is like a big step for her she's very very talented I, can, I sort of like her so she, she looks a little bit different she's a little bit more I don't want to. I don't want to say stocky, but she's got a little bit more weight to her, a little bit more uh, pear shape to her, a little more stronger lower body to her than a lot of women in the wrestling. But you know, definitely attractive young lady and stuff. So she got a, she got her own style. She looks she looks the part. She looks like a woman who you say, okay, when I see a wrestler, that's what she, that's what a female wrestler. And when I'm say wrestler, I'm talking about like amateur background wrestler she looks like. So, but anyway, you got the young upstart versus the you know, the quote star of the show, Britt Baker. Who you got? Uh, actually, I got uh, Britt Baker taking the win. Obviously, like I said, <laughs> uh, I would be kind of surprised if Layla Hirsch won this match just because she hasn't really done a lot of winning just yet. But like, like you say, there there are ways they could book this. I, I could I couldn't be completely shocked just because of her background and stuff. And since Britt Baker is like a heel, 
they could find a way to sort of, you know, table it a different way if they want to. But I still, you know, even as, as much as I think that, like, in a, in, a, in a real street fight, like in a real fight, I think Layla Hirsch would probably destroy Brick Breaker. I think for the for right. purposes, I think I think they're gonna go ahead and let Brick Breaker get the win. Probably with some probably with some help from uh, Reba slash Rebel. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, I, I, I could I could definitely I could definitely see um, she she taking a swipe at um, Reba. She um, okay, she take a knee out. And, and then she um, makes a tap w- with um, the log jaw, or, or she just pretty much um, roll her up, um, both feet on the ropes, and then she goes out get um, the victory. Yep, that, that definitely could happen. So next we'll go with the uh, we got Jericho versus Kasarian. Uh, this is one of those matches, despite the most of these guys, both of these guys have been wrestling for years and decades. Going back to I believe I believe Frankie Kazarian has been wrestling since the nineties. Jericho obviously has been wrestling uh, <laughs> since the nineties. Uh yeah, Frankie Kazarian made his debut in ninety eight. Uh he's forty three. Jericho just turned fifty, I believe. He made his he de- he made his uh debut what in nineteen ninety because didn't they just celebrate the thirty years of Jericho in wrestling? So yeah. uh so uh, who you got, Chris Jericho or Frankie Kazarian? Jericho. Yeah, I gotta go Jericho too. For the same reason it happened last week, uh, you know, the uh, inner circle is just too much for him. <coughs> One thing I didn't like about how they booked the tag match, though, uh, you had the inner circle repeatedly interfering in the match and then you didn't have Scorpio Scott come out until after the match was over. So I didn't like, right. I didn't like the booking at all. Uh, he should have came out. He should have actually been out at the beginning because he, because you knew what was going to happen anyway. But even right. if he was going to come out at the quote beginning, they at least should have had him come out, you know, much sooner rather than after, before the match was over. So obviously with, with the amount of numbers the inner circle has versus, you know, uh, SCU, it, would, it still would have made sense for them to get the victory, you know, overwhelming victory due to that. But I think I think they best, I think that's a rare mistake AEW made in the booking. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I got to go with Jericho. I see no reason to give Kazarian a win. I, I don't think Kazarian's singles career future in AEW is all that bright. I'm not saying he's a job or a bum or anything. I'm just saying I don't think What's he's going to have. A, I don't think he's gonna have a run with the, with the biggest belt. I don't think he's gonna be like AEW World Heavyweight Champion. So uh, Jericho probably will get another. I think he'll get another run, or at least he'll he'll at least get another shot at the big belt. So uh, I think, like I said, I think I think I think obviously this is gonna be this is gonna be a Jericho win. So uh, let's look at our yeah. Let let's look at our next match for uh, for this. Uh, this is actually a battle royal. Apparently, MJF has to defend his diamond ring. Uh, so uh, we got this battle royal. Who do you think is going to win the battle royal for the uh, for the diamond ring? Uh, me, the person that will make the most sense will probably be the Murder Hulk Monster. Ah, that's a that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Uh, I'm going to take a real, real quick look at the roster and see who's actually in it. We got – this is the people they have listed so far. They have MJF, Wardlow, Miro, Kim Sabian, Orange Cassidy, 
Matt Hardy, Heyman Page, Sammy Guevara, Private Party, Matt Sedell, Alex Reynolds, John Silver. I always forget who Alex Reynolds is. I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably one of the Dark Party dudes. Uh, Scorpio Sky, yeah. Sean Pierce. So they don't even have – doesn't look like they have him listed in the match. Well, if that's the case, um, I, I know there's a couple people that they, they, they don't have um, listed, but – um, my my long my long shot who um isn't even on that, but I know he's still on the roster. Mr. Brody Lee. That's also another possibility. While while I want to be bold um, and maybe maybe go off of off of the board and pick somebody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to just the people that got listed for my pick, just to help increase my odds of being correct. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go slightly off off away from the sort of dominant guys you got and go with another conniving guy like MJF. I'm gonna actually go with Sean Spears. He's somebody he's somebody that's like uh they've been trying to sort of push, but it seems like every time he's about to get that next step, kind of taken away from him. But I, I I think this might be his time to get you know get get a little bit of the uh little bit of a prize for him. So I think I'm gonna go with Sean Spears. At any rate, last but certainly not least, we got uh, the AEW World Championship match. We got John Moxley versus Kenny Omega at Winter is Coming. Who you got? John Moxley. Actually, we're we're gonna go different ways. I'm gonna go Kenny Omega. And like I said, this this is definitely one of those matches that probably could go any way. But since John Moxley has had the belt for, like you mentioned, 18 months now, yet him having the belt, having had the belt that long, that's one strike against him. But also, what's the rule in wrestling? Whoever gets the better of the guy on the go home sh- on the go home show is the guy that usually you gets the best wins on the flip the next time. So, since John Moxley whooped Kenny Omega last week, I had to go with <laughs> pulling off. Kenny Omega getting the best of him this week. So I'm going to, and then actually, you know what else I think is going to play a role in this uh, happening? What? I think what's going to happen is we're going to find out that it wasn't Kenny Omega who attacked John Moxley the week before. We're going to find out it was somebody else. And then that person is going to interfere again. And then that's going to end up having help cost uh, Kenny Omega, helping cost John Moxley the, the match and help Kenny Omega win the title. So that's my prediction for the. Uh, Main event of winter is coming, so I'm definitely well, looking forward to this card. Uh, actually, it's weird. This is like a I'm definitely looking forward to the main event. This is actually a rare battle royal that I'm looking forward to, though, because you know battle royals are usually just kind of junk. They're just an excuse to throw a bunch. Of, other than the Royal Rumble, they're usually just an excuse to throw a bunch of people who have nothing else to do on. But I'm actually kind of looking forward to this one. So. Yeah, um, now the way I see uh, Moxley uh, winning uh, the title, okay, um, now, the um, okay, the okay, the one person who um, interferes that we probably would not ever see coming will probably be um, Sean Spears. And that would be his, his way of, like, um, trying to get noticed, trying to um, get, get, like, um, something going for himself. And then all of a sudden, um, okay, um, okay, Omega looked, 
um, okay, John, okay, John Moxley hit, hit him um, with, with a low blow. Um, Pagan shift one, two, three, because he he was shocked and everything. And then um, the young books come out like, okay, what's going on? Like, how how, how you gonna hit him with um, with a low blow like that? So I'm seeing Moxley going more of somewhat more of a heelish type type way. You know what I mean? Um, I get. Um, I guess that would be a turn, and then um, Kenny Omega is going to um, hit is going to get um, his rematch at the um, next pay per view, and then he's going to take the title, and that's um, that's when it's going to be the um, be the leap because the elite going to come in, um, interfere, and um, super kick John Moxley, and then Omega going to take the pin. Okay, interesting choice. I guess we'll see. This coming Wednesday on Winners Coming with AEW Dynamite. So uh, now that we've made our predictions for that particular card, let's move on and we're going to make our predictions for our NXT TakeOver War Games. Uh, they only got four matches listed, although they might, they'll probably add another one because uh, NXT, since it's actually going to be, quote, a pay-per-view for the most part, they actually got one more show, so I'm sure they'll add at least one more show and they'll probably make the announcement on Wednesday. Uh, and actually, yeah, I don't see a match listed for uh, the uh, NXT title on here, so I'm sure they'll probably announce something for that. Uh, although I guess technically, you know, like I said, I guess like I said, they don't have anything listed, so I'm, de- I'm thinking they'll definitely add something for that. I, I just wanted to I had to do a quick look real fast to see who was in the war game match to make sure it wasn't Finn Balor. Nope, he's not in this, this undisputed era versus uh, Pat McAfee's crew and whatnot. But anyway, let's go ahead and make our predictions for that. Uh, I guess we'll start from the bottom, work our way up. We got a uh, a strap match is going to be Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. I do before I make my predictions for this, I'm going to go ahead and say. Uh, Cameron Grimes, I was not a huge fan of when he was in Impact. When I guess he was, I think he was Trevor Lee. I was like, this dude is boring. He has, he has, he doesn't have anything going for him. His name's boring. He just looks grungy. Don't care for him. This Cameron Grimes character is a rare case where WWE gives you the character, and I think it works better than what you were just doing on your own. Because usually it's the other way around. Usually WWE gives you some stupid, ridiculous gimmick, and they change you up. And the, the stuff that you liked about the guy or the woman before when they were in any scene or when they were in another company, they stripped that away. They sort of did the opposite. They saw the potential in him and, and gave him some personality and stuff, and it actually worked out well for him. So uh, pass off to him, you know, taking the taking the gimmick they gave him and running with it and doing a good job. So, uh, so I didn't see anything in him, and he's actually been very entertaining. Anyway... Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. Who you got? I'm going with um, Cameron Grimes. Any particular reason? Uh, because I'm I'm seeing they want to um, put him um, as far as a title contender for the North American title. I, I'm, I'm seeing they, they they've been trying like to put him in a position, but it's kind of like back and forth, back and forth, and I think now. They want to put him um, in a position where he could challenge for the North American title. I'm not seeing that, but uh, okay, if you see that, that's that's how you see it. I predict for him to win as well, but I was I'm not seeing him ready for a title run for the NXT North American title. I'm seeing it more of they got to get some balance in this feud. They've 
embarrassed him so much already. They've had him lose matches so much already. So it doesn't make sense to keep having this feud going and have it one-sided, so one-sided, because basically he's already lost a couple times. So you got to give him the win if they want to keep this going. And I think they want to keep it going just a little while longer. So that's why I'm going Cameron Grimes. You got you to gotta give him a chance. You gotta give him. You gotta give him a victory. Like I say, it's, it's not 50-50 booking, but you at least gotta give him someone. You can't have somebody just getting destroyed all the time and then have it be a legitimate feud. That gets real old real fast. So. Especially for somebody you're supposed to be somewhat taking seriously, and we're supposed to somewhat be taking Cameron Grimes seriously, even though he's he's a little bit he's a little bit of a gimmick, a little bit of a comedy wrestler. We're still at least supposed to have a little bit of credibility for him. So he's not Gilbert. He's not he's not Hornswoggle. He's not one of those guys right now. So. Anyway, next we got a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. We got Leon Ruff, the champion, <laughs> the new favorite underdog in the world, versus Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. And before we make our predictions for that, I wanted to say. This is another situation where they did a good job booking it two weeks in a row. First, they gave him the belt, and it was an upset. It was huge upset. That little thing where you put the belt on, and it fell around his ankles. That was hilarious. That was, like, one of the funniest, best things I've seen in wrestling ever. Not just in recently, ever. I'm, I'm going to put that on my top list of things because it, it happens so smooth. Usually, when you try to pull something off like that, you can see it coming. I didn't see right. it come. It just happened. And that's what made it hilarious. It just basically just slipped. Because usually, you know, when you try to pull something like that off, you'd have to you'd have to fiddle with the belt a little bit. And, and then, like, oh, I saw what he's trying to do. He made it fall. Ha, ha, ha. No, it just fell naturally, and it was just brilliant. So so that was what they did the first time when he won the belt. Then the next week, they came back, and then Damian Priest just said, sorry, kid, and then punched him. And I was like, oh, man, now – now we can't really take him seriously because he just, you know, he helped him out and blatantly did it. But then when he came back and he was like, you think I'm a joke, huh? <laughs> I, ain't no, I ain't nobody joke. I'll fight all these guys. So even though, you know, he actually did call people out. I was like, y'all think I'm a joke. I ain't no junk. I ain't no punk. <laughs> and then he said, did he just hit him back in the face and said, sorry, kid? I was like, see, this is how you book some good stuff. You started out when he was a little bit of a comedy, but then you came back with it and you put some seriousness to it. And he's like, yeah, I might have I sort of you know, snuck in and got the victory the first time, but I ain't no joke. I ain't no punk. So they did a good job booking this story two weeks in a row. So I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to see what, what else they do with, this, do with this young man. So I just wanted to say that. But anyway, uh, if you want to comment on that, you can comment on that. Or if you want, you can just make your prediction for the win. You can go either way. Uh, I just made my prediction and say that um, Damian Priest is going to um, take the win. I think Leon Ruff's going to pull off the pull off the upset again, just due to the fact that since Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano are beefing with each other so much, <laughs> that's going to leave the opening for Leon Ruff. One of them is going to do something really, really stupid to the other, or you know, cheat. And you know, mess it up, and then he's gonna sneak in and get the victory again somehow. So I'm thinking he's gonna somehow pull off the pull off the pin again. I, I'm 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 going to lean to say that he somehow finds a way to pin Damian Priest. Since he already pinned Johnny Gargano the first time, I'm gonna say he finds a way to pull pin Damian Priest. I'm not, I'm not sure how he's gonna do it. But it's gonna be something where somebody messes something up and then happens. So that's my prediction. Uh... Now that that would be interesting because the only way I could 
I can see it is um do um okay Johnny Gargano um um get okay his Damian Priest um with that DDT and then um um Leon um slack okay um drop kicks um Gargano out of the ring and, and then he um takes the pin. Could be, could be. Like I said, I'm, I, I said, usually I like to try to come up with how I think it's going to happen, but I, like I said, I just think it's going to happen. I don't know exactly how. So. But that's the important thing. I, I have a rough idea. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't put it in that last time to figure it out. But anyway, next we got our War Games match we got to predict. So let's start with the women's match. We got uh, Team Shotzi versus Team Candice. Team Candice consists of Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. And then on the Team Shashi team, you got Shashi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and TBA. Obviously, I think the TBA is definitely going to be a factor in uh, how this match goes. But uh, since, obviously, since since Shashi Blackheart had her tank destroyed, I'm going to predict <laughs> Shashi pulls off the victory for that reason. She has to get revenge for that tank. Because... It was ridiculous when they first destroyed it, and they were actually, and she was crying. I'm like, she's supposed to be a total badass, and she's mad because the quote toy tank got destroyed. But at least they did sort of do a good job of sort of create the backstory for it, and you know, you know, her, you know, her having a you know family member who's in the military. So at least it, it was symbolism of it. So at least they did come back with it a little bit and make it a little bit of a story to make it a little bit more sense. Because I just think this is just ridiculous. This crazy badass one is like this mad about a toy right. tank. So, right. but they did a good I, job I, I wasn't feeling that. So yeah, it, it it did make a little bit more sense after they sort of did, when it dug into the background. But anyway, I got Shotzi. Who you got? Um, I'm going with um Team Shotzi. Any idea who, who you think is going to take? Who's going to who's going to do the job for uh, uh, Candace? Me, I'm I'm seeing if um anybody it makes um. More sense, um, for okay, um, for um, Dakota Kai to um do um do the job while um Shotzi um um pins her. Yeah, that would be a sweet revenge. Yeah, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be Candice Race since she's sort of the star. I don't think it's gonna be Tony Storm because she's still a you know pretty big star within the division. So that leaves Dakota Kai and Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. Obviously, Raquel Gonzalez is sort of monster, so it doesn't make sense for her a little. So, yeah, Dakota Kai makes the most sense as far as the person taking the job. I, I still really want to know who the uh, fourth person is going to be, though. So, I'm best, like I said, it's nice to have a little little bit of surprise, so I have no idea who it might be. Oh, I don't know. If maybe, they'll pull out a, maybe they'll pull out a legend and bring a legend in, or it'll be like another rising star with NXT, or maybe it'll be somebody from the NXT UK women's division. Who knows? So, I'm really excited about the possibilities for that. I'm, uh, I'm, ho- I'm hoping it's a it's a um, rising star that that they um that decide to um get in instead of uh, a legend. I would be okay if it's a legend, but I want it. To, I want it if it's a legend. It has to be somebody that still quote looks like themselves as a legend. Like you know, if it was like Molly Holly, somebody that can still work and still looks you know reasonably close to what they look like. I'm, I don't want somebody that's a legend. And then you look at like, man, what the hell happened to them? You know, not not somebody that's called a legend, but it's not in shape anymore and doesn't look like they should be in a ring anymore. I don't want to. I don't even want to see somebody. You know that that you know you're trying to tell them that you still got it when they clearly don't either. <laughs> but, mm. You know, but and, we'll and, that, and that's why I want somebody that's fresh. Yeah. 
Anyway, next, last but not least, we got the undisputed area. Obviously, Adam Cole, Colorado, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish versus Pat McAfee's team. You got Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Danny Burch, Odie Lorcan. I think we both kind of know <laughs> which direction this is going to go. We kind of think we, or at least we think we know which direction it's going to go. So I'm kind of see who you think is going to do the job. So go ahead and make your pick who you think is going to win, and then tell me who you think is going to do the job. <laughs> um. Actually, um, it, um, he um, here's my swerve. I actually think that um, Pat McAfee's team is going to actually um, pull this one off and everything. That that, that should give his, his um, group um, a, a little momentum. And actually, Adam Cole does the job. Just um, so so he can say he got his revenge on Adam Cole. From um the um last um NSC takeover. Hmm, that's not what that's not where I thought you were going to. Be. I thought you'd be on the, on the same lines as along the same lines as I was going to be as far as uh having it take place. You know where the uh, undisputed Eric sort of gets their revenge for you know basically when them trying to take them out and them not really actually being able to pull it off. So. I was trying to think. I think the one guy who's not for sure not going to do the job on the uh, Pat McAfee team is Pete Dunn. He's clearly going to be not going to be the guy to do the job. They already had Pat McAfee lose a match, even though he's not quote a wrestler. Even though his debut is as good as debuter in wrestling as I've seen anybody, especially a football player debuting within you know my lifetime as some somebody that was a known football player who debuted within my lifetime. You know, I'm talking about, like, Lawrence Taylor, Kevin Green, Steve McMichael. You know, those guys, they never did manage to look like wrestlers. Obviously, there's been other guys who played football, like The Rock and other guys like that who had, who had good matches. But I'm talking about, like, you knew him primarily as a football player. Then they were making a transition into wrestling. His debut was, was better than all of them. In fact, I can't think of anybody who said a is good a debut match because as far as I know he hadn't had any matches for any he definitely hadn't had any matches for any major companies but I don't even think he had any matches no. for any indie matches either and he looked like a wrestler in the ring you know the only thing that didn't look like a wrestler for him is his wrestling gear <laughs> but in the ring he looked like a wrestler like I said, it's not like when you have most, quote, celebrities get in a match and they just run around a little bit and they stall. And then the like moves, Dave Yeah, the, the moves they do do look bad. He looked like a wrestler with everything he did. If you had not told me that he was not a wrestler and you would put him in, in the actual real wrestling gear, I would have thought he had been wrestling for years. But anyway, uh, look, he, he did his job already, so I don't think he's going to do it. Pete Dunne is already job. So I, I'm thinking the person doing the job is going to be Danny Burch or Oni Lorcan. So I'm going to go with Oni Lorcan pulls off the job. Sorry to interrupt you since I was on my roll. I didn't want to stop. But you know, I okay. think Oni did the job. But what did you want to say? Uh, I was about to say this, though. Okay. Let, let's um, let's think of people who are quote-unquote non-wrestlers who actually um, did worse than um, Pat McAfee. Let's go with Shane McMahon. Uh, let's go with, um, let me see, the um, Mean Street Posse. Let's go with um, even the Spirit Squad. 
um, and I, um, I I just cut my list off with the Spirit Squad. <laughs> and man, you Pat McAfee did a better debut than all of them. Is, is, is that fair to say? Yeah, like I said, Shaman Man was never a quote good wrestler in my book. I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he didn't have good moments, but he was never as smooth and crisp completely as a wrestler. Uh, uh, he always looked no, he always it, looked like a guy that was playing as a wrestler and it, you know had some good moments in it. <laughs> right. And, Dude, and that's a big difference. He was he was always entertaining, yeah, yeah. but he was never right. a complete. Wrestler. Wrestler. Nah, kind of like when uh, Vince said if he was getting Stone Cold, no, no one actually expected Vince to be Stone Cold, but you expected to be someone entertained. Yes, just like you also didn't expect Vince, who was making his debut in his fifties, to be a good wrestler anyway. He was a big, right. strong guy, so you figured maybe he could pull off some power moves here and there and do some other things, but you didn't think you didn't expect. That he was going to be a quote great wrestler, and like I said, that's not what you were really there to see him for, anyway. Just like pretty whenever it's called a celebrity, the celebrity always gets to sucker punch the wrestler and knocks him out. That's that's always been stupid to me. Like like why are you making your wrestlers look bad by having any random right. celebrity able to beat them up? <laughs> so I always thought that was ridiculous too. <laughs> the only one um, that actually made some, and I'm just gonna say. Some sense what uh what was when um you okay when you actually had um a um actual um celebrity or former NBA player um like, like um stand up um against um I want to say it was the Big Show wasn't it when, when Shaq had stood up against the Big Show. Now that is, at least that makes sense as far as maybe not beating them right. up, but like when they stand toe to toe, that that makes sense as far as a rivalry. Because at least right. one, at least he's a professional athlete. Like I said, I'm not talking about right. like a singer or a rapper or just you know some actor. Right. I'm talking about like I said, when you have a large athlete, okay, at least that makes sense. If, if I saw right. Shaq and the Big Show fight each other, that's one of those. If it is a fight, if it could go either way, it would kind of make sense. Although having seen Shaq throw the punch. I think back in the day when he threw a punch in a fight once and it was just like, it looked terrible. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if you just throwing a punch but not really trying to hit him because if he tried to really hit him, it looked terrible. <laughs> so that would that would help determine my decision as far as that goes. But that's the well, thing there. Right. That, that, that's a discussion we'll have later on with, with um, great NBA fights. Exactly. But anyway, Oh, there's something else. Like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about this to bring this up and discuss this on the show, but since we're, we we just about hit the hour mark on the show, we're just about done because we made our predictions and stuff. There's one thing that we I was I not plan to talk about, but we have to talk about this. This is not only this is not only good for I guess because technically we do cover a little bit of MMA and boxing is quote MMA. Obviously, you know, if you did you have a chance to watch the Tyson Jones fight? I wasn't watching that crap. Okay, it was it was entertaining. Like I said, it was a nice back and forth. It wasn't embarrassing. Like I said, I, it would if they would have completely crapped over on themselves either way, it, I, I would not have been shocked. But I, I was willing to watch it. I was not willing to you know pay fifty bucks for it. But you know if it if it happens that somebody else paid for it for me to watch it, I was I was more than willing to do it, and I did. It was actually an entertaining fight. 
<coughs> you know, they they Tyson looked like what Tyson expected, like what I kind of would expect him to look like. He he did. He was aggressive. He was like the young Tyson as far as that goes. He obviously did knock him out, but he was aggressive. He sort of moved like they. Like what I expect, a in-shape version of 54 years old of the overs. He looked he looked better as a boxer now than he looked his last, I'd say, probably three, four fights <clears throat> before he retired. He looked interested. He looked he moved well. He looked like he was engaged. So he did look good as far as successful as that goes. Roy Jones Jr. disappointed me as far as his conditioning, though. While he was able to move, and he actually did dance a little bit. And he, put, and he was entertaining in the bout overall. He was gassed from two-minute rounds. And considering he had been fighting up until like a couple of years ago, he embarrassed himself conditioning-wise. So that's what I was disappointed about. He didn't really get a lot of licks in. Tyson did get the better punches in. But Roy Jones Jr.'s uh, conditioning left a lot to be desired. If he would have been in better sh- – because I thought, I thought Mike Tyson would have been in trouble if he didn't win it in the first, you know, three or four rounds, even though the rounds were only two minutes. I figured Tyson would be the one with the conditioning issues. But it turns out Roy Jones Jr. had the conditioning issues, at least as far as if you looked at him between the rounds and saw who was huffing and puffing, it was him, not Tyson. But that's not even the main thing I want to discuss as far as that card goes. What I really want to discuss – was Nate Robinson? Did you see his fight? I I did not. Oh, you need to find that footage, man, because he embarrassed himself. Like I said, he was a professional athlete for years. He was he played college football as well as you know being an NBA player. So you figured, okay, he's a much better athlete. He fought basically a YouTube star. Although, granted, the YouTube star has been you know boxing and putting in his time pretty regularly for the last couple of years. He got destroyed. And then when they were clowning him on the internet before I actually watched the fight, I was like, okay, that means he's probably got his ass kicked. He got knocked down like, I think he got knocked down like three times. The last time, though, he was knocked the <clears throat> out. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, like it's one thing when you, when you get knocked down and then, okay, well, you kind of struggle to get to your feet and then you just can't make it up to the 10 count. <laughs> like, they book some wrestling matches where you know they don't want the guy to look too bad when he loses. So you know if it's a if it's a you know standing ten count and you just not able to get up at the ten count. He had a couple of those where he was able to get knocked down and get back up. That I think that that last time though, <laughs> the ref didn't even start counting. The ref just knew. The ref just saw the hit, saw him fall face first, and just start waving his arms. <laughs> Now, if I'm mistaken, didn't he call? Wasn't wasn't it Nate Robinson who called him out? I don't. I can't remember who called who out. But I think Ray Robinson thought, okay, I'm a, I'm a professional athlete. I can take this dude. This dude's just a YouTube star. But um, and the best part though, Snoop was like doing doing color commentary. When I first heard Snoop was doing color commentary, for I thought, okay, this is stupid. This is gonna be. Bad. I mean, it's cool because we all like Snoop, but he's not going to be fun on color commentary. Oh, he was actually fun on the color commentary, so he actually did do a good job with that. So I apologize, even though I didn't say anything publicly out loud. I was doubting in my head, but he actually did a good job on color. So shout out to Snoop, right. making making it entertaining. Right. But I only, I only, I, I mainly watched the two. There was like, I think it was like five matches on the card. I mainly focused on those two. Although if I saw somebody getting knocked out, because I kind of, you know, fast forward or skip through a little bit, I would go back and watch the knockout. But those are the two because they were actual, real, legitimate, true boxers who 
pretty much box for a living on the card. And they, it was some entertaining fighting, but I, I was not interested in that. Like I said, I mainly just wanted to see the stars and what happened on that card. Nate Robinson just straight class. <laughs> Matter of fact, my boy Xavier Lamont, stand-up comedian, was on Twitter. He was like, <laughs> he was like, Nate Robinson got beat so bad. That that dude won two slam dunk contests and they're never gonna talk about that again. <laughs> when you ask about Nate Robinson going forward, it was like Nate Robinson, <laughs> dude, to get knocked out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they was making memes. You know, you know, you get your ass kicked when they're making memes about you before the night's over. Yeah. Like within yeah. like three, four minutes. So like, I recommend everybody, whether you're just a listener to the show or whether you're my co-host Brian. If you can find the footage of Nate Robinson getting knocked out and just seeing him lay there for like a minute after the knockout, like it's, <laughs> like that's one of those situations where the guy who like you know put the fight together is probably hoping I hope he's not dead. I wouldn't fly sure for that. <laughs> you die. I didn't think this through. <laughs> but anyway. You've been listening to Wrestling with Problems. <laughs> Nate Robinson found himself at <laughs> So you've been listening to Wrestling with Problems. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. I came looking for booty. I like you and I want you. Now we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.